Hey guys, welcome to episode 85 of The Green Life. I am so excited about today's episode. We go back talking about regenerative agriculture and the importance of having a connection to nature. Today's guest is Pedro Rocha, who is an expert in agriculture and he's been working at it for over 25 years and is really someone that focuses on bringing plants, bringing growth into areas like cities where people perhaps don't have the skills but really want to learn more. He's a consultant for different government agencies, for different companies, and he really shares his vast knowledge to help them implement solutions that help people be independent, but also help nature thrive. We're going to talk about a lot from politics to the projects to the things that we need to do in our connection to nature. And so I'm really excited about this. But before we get into the episode, big shout out to Nama Well for the J2 juicer and C2, of course, the combo of juicer and blender, which are revolutionary and really will change your game in the kitchen. If you haven't bought yet a wonderful co-press juicer and you are in the market for it, go into the show notes and check my 10% discount. I don't make any money from this. Enjoy. I have an affiliate account, however, with Dr. Morse's Herbs. So if you want to support the channel, you can do so by purchasing the herbs through the link in the show notes. And if you need help selecting the right herbs for you, please do get in touch. Likewise, I have my links to my uh, website, to my um, my project here in Portugal. And we're looking for different teachers and people that can come and support us. And really, if you are interested in becoming one of the healers and teachers that comes and does retreat, let me know and I'll be happy to talk to you. All right, without further ado, let's get into this episode. Welcome, Pedro. Hello, Pedro. Thank you so much for being on uh, the podcast on The Green Life. I'm really happy to speak to you today. Um, I I was really fascinated by the um, conversation that you that we had very shortly at the um, at the event a couple of weeks ago. But your presentation as well, especially, it really touched me because you went on a, on a subject that I mentioned into into the introduction, which is you know, creating uh, gardens and growing food in cities for people that perhaps don't have land, but they can still come together and do it. So before we get into the subject, though, I'd love for the audience to hear a little bit about your background, your story, how you got into this and, uh, you know, your 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 venture um, into really creating these kind of projects. And uh, yeah, give me a little bit of background about you. Well, uh, thank you, first of all, for the invitation. Uh, about my background is kind of uh, interesting, maybe uh, because well, I've been I was raised with my grandparents, and my grandparents they they were small farmers. They had uh, from uh, a baby, I was put inside of a greenhouse uh, with flowers. You know, I don't know if you if you know this uh, this flower. I I don't remember the name in English that we use in the twenty fifth of April. That is the the celebration of the revolution and the freedom. So this red uh, we call cravo. So I was inside of this poppy, maybe probably. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the the name in English. And um, so my grandmother used to produce these flowers to sell them, and also um, the the land that uh, she had was really a sustainable system. You know, we had wine around the field, we had fruit trees, we produced our vegetables, we had animals, chicken, pig, rabbits. We could produce our own compost. 
you know, we could self-fertilize. So it was really close system. And there I was, you know, as a baby, you know, my grandmother used to take care of me and my cousins and she, she had to work. So simply she was taking us with her to the field, you know, we were crying and we were muddy and et cetera. <laughs> and, uh, but I guess at some point in my, in my adult life, there was a seed there that I could, that I could not stop to germinate because obviously or not, yeah, through the, the time I was raised, you know, to go to school and to have an education, university, this idea you studied. Nobody tells you to go and work related with agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at some point more imagining myself going for an artistic life, <laughs> being a photographer or a musician, which I, I had bands and I was <laughs> uh, uh, with my camera, you know, and uh, um, revealing the, the, the photos that I was taking and really fascinated about that. By, but uh, by some, I don't know, some mystic uh, uh, um, thing, um, someone at the time that I was going to university somebody came a cousin of mine came to me with an opportunity to go and study in Wales and when I when I look at that uh, I was it was inside on the top of the table these two ways or I'm going to photography or I'm going to study something related with nature with the environment and they had this uh, this course in environmental science. Mm-hmm. So, and there I was uh, after a few weeks, um, never, you know, considering going away from Portugal. I was receiving a letter from Wales, from the university. Now is the University of South Wales. Um, before had a, another name because there was a merge. Uh, they merged the University of Cardiff and the University of Glamorgan. And um, and there I was. I was flying to Wales and uh, starting my, my journey in terms of sustainability. After that, after the degree, I just did a, a very conventional approach to the labor market. I was uh, working in consultancy, uh, pro- developing projects for Africa. And I was still a consultant in Cap Verde, and at some point uh, there was the miracle of becoming a father. And in 2004, I was fa- a father for the first time, and then, then it struck me. <laughs> I was faced with this big question that I was, uh, yeah, I was. I've been studying environmental science. I've been working in for sustainability. And then I was eating and I was thinking and struggling with the food that I was giving to my, to my child and saying, I cannot do this. I cannot feed her with that. I know this is bad. I cannot be. And by a combination of different motivations and situations, I decided to become a farmer that was the so as an environmental scientist 
I thought, what can I do? And um, and then, well, I can start by for in the beginning, yeah, how we produce food. So first, I will start producing food. So and that that uh, went on until today. It's almost twenty years since wow. that uh, that decision was made. Um, yeah, and I understood that uh, this one third of the problem in terms of environmental problems is the is the food systems and uh, yeah that's where i can act uh, as a father as an individual as a professional um, and uh, try to create some relevant impact uh, to in my short life yeah <laughs> wow that was pretty much it yeah yeah well thank you so much first of all shout out to wales because it's the, like one of the most beautiful places in in the, in the uk i love wales and um also so happy that when you were faced with that choice you went into this because obviously listening to you at sarah's it was uh, first of all it stood up it stood out uh, because you were the only one on that panel who actually talked about real solutions because unfortunately uh, when it comes to environmental science, I think we have a fork. You have the regenerative folks like us that are like, okay, so the, the the system that we have to use to heal the system is to go back to nature, work with her, and actually be part of it. And then you have the other part that is like, how can we biotech everything so that humans have a upper end on, on nature? And that we know never works, but unfortunately, that's where the money goes and where a lot of the speakers that were on your own panel that day we're focusing on. And um, I mean, I obviously feel like I didn't have the chance to to continue the conversation that I was having, but I um, I remember I asked a question to the lady that was there from Con Continental, from uh, the, the, yeah, the group Dina. that owns it. Yeah. yeah. And um, she gave me an answer that wasn't completely true, but I hadn't have the, didn't have the chance to really go for it. For example, she said that they have programs where they allow people to buy boxes where they have products that are less than perfect. That's not available everywhere. I only discovered that obviously after because I was going to ask, well, I've never seen it where I live when I go to Continente. But also, yeah, it's not the programs of um, sustainability are really more about meeting, uh, you know, ticking checking list, right, rather than actually having an impact. But when you came on and you were talking about the solutions you offered and really creating gardens in cities, you actually brought forth the responsibility that we have as humans to be part of nature and create a sustainable um, kind of environment by being part of it. And I think obviously you align very well with Bandana Shiva who also came after our um, your panel uh, and had a beautiful speech that she did. And obviously as always sharing the very, uh, I guess, um, on point, you know, subjects, especially when it comes to fighting against the big dogs. So what I, yeah, what I really enjoyed <laughs> about your, uh, your venture, and obviously you mentioned you have been in this for more than 20 years, 
uh, you were talking about the collaboration you had with one specific company. I know that you now more work like a, a like a personal, uh, well, like a consultant rather than part of the company. But I love to hear about that specific project because I think we can go then and really discuss the solutions that people can have when, you know, because I hear a lot, well, I don't have land. I work, I live in an apartment. So talk about a little bit that project you worked on and especially the um, where you implemented the solutions and how they went. And then we can talk perhaps about how people can also get involved and actually, you know, mm -hmm. taking this kind of um, approaches. Yeah, with great pleasure. Uh, no City has been part of my life for the last nine years. I was, uh, I met Jose, actually could not be the one he was away. So uh, speaking at the event, uh, when Seralves called me, uh, actually to to invite No City, and I said, well, uh, I'm not at No City anymore, so Jose should go, but he could not, so he asked me to go. And um, I met Jose when I, after I, I left the, the the project of the farming project, I had a partner, and things went uh, like uh, south, <laughs> well, not in the right direction, and uh, and uh, I. Um, then, well, just left the, it was a partnership that I had and uh, I left the company uh, and I met Jose. And, well, uh, first of all, um, NoCity developed a tech, smart tech, easy solution, okay? That was the, the, the starting point. But then uh, we, we had a, a group of people, a team, yeah, and then for us, yeah, what really uh, touched our hearts, it was really to how we can uh, create impact and how we can uh, connect people to nature. We were always uh, for a long time um, saying, okay, we install gardens, we sell gardens, and for at some point, we start. Uh, uh, sorry, because they are are some people trying to call me, and I need to to turn off the. No problem. Um, and then some point, we start to ask ourselves: Really, is that what we do? We sell gardens. Mm. We install gardens. And the answer was obvious. It was no. That is not what we do. We. That is not what we want to do. So what do we want? What mm -hmm. do we really want? And that came the thing, okay, what we want and what we believe is the power of connecting people to nature. What we believe is collaboration and community. And if we want to solve this, the pro environmental problem, if we want to contribute to positive solutions, that was is what we are going to do and that's what we are doing so then and i was involved in the development of the service that the city provides and then we came with this the program that we call the ground yourself program mm -hmm. using a vegetable garden as a tool to promote connection to nature connection to others and others all not only like to other people, to your colleague in the company, no, to all other beings of 
that exist in this planet, you know, uh, from fungi to bacteria to to <laughs> birds, and and of course to ourselves, yeah, because I think the we need to under, to find that our nature is deeply uh, connected to nature and is really uh, cooperative, not competitive. Yeah, mm -hmm. like a, a teacher used to tell me, competition is exists, of course, in nature, but only in uh, with the purpose of co-evolution. You know, yeah. just exist to bring the best out of you, not to put you down. Mm. So, and that that is good. Yeah, we compete, but uh, you know, just to go further. Mm. And yeah, and that was the. Uh, and it is the vision of no city and uh, and we started by you know <laughs> doing a, a journey without knowing exactly what how to do it uh, first uh, installing gardens in uh, in restaurants and hotels because it seems more obvious mm. working with uh, with chefs um, and suddenly, we start to to receive and the city started to receive the interest from companies like technological company all, all type of uh, companies and from you know just selling gardens that you could install in your balcony we started to install uh, bigger and bigger gardens the biggest one uh, today for no city is still at the headquarters of uh, UNESCO in Paris. Um, I, I think the biggest one will be in Lisbon uh, because there is a project uh, uh, already being implemented that will grow through through time and it will be the bigger one. Um, and uh, we could uh, develop um, a network of urban farmers uh, that uh, install and deliver this program and have this mission of connecting people to nature uh, in their own cities. Because no city, and even the word comes from bringing conscience to cities. And uh, it, it's believed in a city that uh, there is a major role being played by, by cities because mm -hmm. they concentrate most of the, the people because they, like the, the vice mayor of Porto was saying, and I, I believe that cities, you know, they, are, they have scale to create big impact, but they, they are not so big like the state that has so much entropy that is sometimes is really difficult to put, to put things moving forward. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and the, the city has been... He's been there for almost 10 years uh, uh, looking to, to create this type of impact. Amazing. Um, you know, you brought something up that I think uh, is really important to discuss, which is uh, the, the, the impact of uh, decision makers when it comes to lawmakers and uh, policymakers and just the people that really uh, at government level that would, have, that would offer the opportunity to companies and individuals to create something positive. Uh, unfortunately, and we have to be realistic about this, there is such a big um, lobby when it comes to, you know, from companies. So it's uh, it's actually quite expected that um, governments are not going to push with very openly anyway, projects that are good for everyone at uh, local level, 
uh, as well as nation, national level, that might impact the income stream of big mm-hmm. corporations because they have these very, very big ties. And I think people need to understand that and be aware of it and just be realistic. We're not being, you know, we, we're not trying to be um, conspiratorial about it. It's just the reality that it is. I mean, we talked about this even as it helps when we talked about the, the very sad lobby lobby of uh, you know the dairy industry, for example, and how this is a really real fact that yeah. happens every single day. So even when it comes to where do we source our food, how do we get our hands on real uh, food, how do we get our hands on food that has been produced in an ecological uh, way that is mm-hmm. a positive impact on the nature, it often doesn't actually happen because mm-hmm. we have corporations' interest in uh, at play. So. How does, um, I mean, how is it, how, I guess, how realistic is it for us to think that perhaps local governments like the, the municipality of Porto, the city of Porto, the city of Lisbon, independently from a, a central governments, could take these projects on and invest in them? And if that's a possibility, where would the funds mm-hmm. come from? Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I think we need to understand that there are different levels of decision making and bigger the structure is. And for example, you you mentioned uh, the case and uh, the answer of Ondina from that represents the club of producers, um, where she is just a little part of a big, huge boat. Mm-hmm. So um, to change the direction of the boat it's a, a negotiation at uh, multi levels of decision making and it's not always easy mm-hmm. yeah now but another thing and the and smaller structures of course they are easier but there mm-hmm. are there is something that i think that is absolutely essential yeah and it makes the big big difference and that is the leadership and the culture that the leadership wants to implement. And there, of course, in the corporate side, companies, this might be a little bit more difficult because either you have companies that already have a C- the CEOs that have this awareness, this will, this drive, and they see that this is the future. And if there is, they don't, go on this path they will have no business at all in mm-hmm. the future or they simply don't have it mm-hmm. and you cannot change the guy mm-hmm. you just cannot replace the ceo of a company just like that <laughs> yeah. yeah so because he's the owner of the thing or in some companies it's possible but uh, it's not so simple now another thing is like if you are talking about uh, public entities like uh, cities, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm very fortunate to live in a city that elected independent people, and this this has nothing to do with political ideology, you know, right-wing, left-wing, no. But in terms of the values of sustainability, the will, this drive, it's there. Mm -hmm. And it has been there for the last three cycles. And that, the people need to vote, yeah? mm-hmm. to choose correctly the, the leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And 
even this week I've been uh, working closely with the municipality in because the municipality is very interested to improve the food system of the city. Mm. And I'm amazed to understand that uh, the municipality in terms of hiring services for the canteens in the schools, they have been they are doing a progress that nobody's doing. They are like an oasis in the in the in the food system national food system but also shows that it's possible yeah and in in several meetings with different players of the food system you listen many times no that is not possible mm. we cannot do that and we go to the the biggest contractor in the city that is the municipality that serves 2 million meals a year in schools etc they say that is bullshit <laughs> of course we can do it yeah. it's it's written in the law of course that is only excuses that is not the only thing that is different different is that we put that as a priority and that's the way to go yeah so like they say of course we cannot change everything at once we are giving small steps since the last 15 years. If you ask, there was a question in Sralves from uh, a guy in the audience that is Pedro Norton Matos, say, what can we do to speed up? Yes. Yeah, that is the, what can we do to speed up? We don't have, we have urgency. We need to move faster. But, yeah, we need to understand that there is lots of negotiation between all the stakeholders and yeah, the lobbying comes, yeah. But let's put it in the agenda. Let's be compromised with it. And uh, if you put it there, and that must come from leadership. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for that. So this is obviously encompassing corporations and uh, and um public services when it comes to privates as in i'm talking about say buildings where people that live in a building they own their flats or rent or whatever mostly owning because obviously that would be part of uh, maybe the the fees that would have to pay for the building how aware are people that these projects can be implemented in their own building for example on the rooftop they could have gardens where they can source their own food they can work together as you know owners of flats they can come together uh produce i mean you mentioned that you you have done this kind of work before and um i would like to know what the approach is that and how aware are people that this is a good investment and how willing are they to actually spend the money to create this that's a very good question um and that is uh something that i don't know how to solve because you know i've been working in food systems for the last almost 20 years i've met maybe one person that in my life that said, I don't want, no, that is bullshit, sustainability, organic or that, that I don't mm -hmm. believe in that. One person, you ask everybody and it's a very strong, it's a consensual thing. Yeah. Organic, yes, having their own food or short circuits of distribution, sustainable farming. Everybody says, yes, yes, yes. But there is something that is really annoying. <laughs> this P 
people value more this. They pay 1,000 euros for an iPhone or whatever, but they are not willing to pay 600 euros for all year to have organic vegetables at their homes. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So where, you know, there is a difference, and that is a problem of sometimes the studies and the research that say that measure the the awareness, and you do questionnaires, and uh, you see well people are changing, but like in psychology, you know there is a difference to be conscious about a problem and to integrate that problem into your mm. daily life, and that mm. requires work. It's difficult. We are human beings. We have habits. We have uh, addictions. Uh, not. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, very bad addictions like drugs or whatever. No, but, even the phone is an addiction, really. Yeah, habits. Mm. And to change that, we need to work. We need education. We need to train, yeah. you know, even to go to the garden. We have this this example with no city installing a garden people loves it they are absolutely it's you can observe how people feel the joy and they are excited and that that makes them feel good and but then they don't go yeah because they are you know absorbed by the routine the 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 usual way of doing things. Uh, so uh, you, if you want to be in shape, you need to go to the gym. Yeah. 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 Not once a month. You need to go every, every day. day, a little bit. Yeah. You cannot go one hour. You do 20, 30 minutes. You cannot go 30 minutes. You do 15, but yeah. you do it every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you, and this requires discipline. Yeah. And I think, more than we need education, uh, but we need to implement uh, um, things in our life that really helps to integrate these in I in our daily life. I I, I talk by myself. I I have the little bags that I reuse to go to buy food. Yeah. How many times do I forget these little bags? Yeah. Because. You know, but I don't forget to wash my teeth in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> because it's really integrated. I my parents were like a day after day, did you wash your teeth? Yeah. You wash your... <laughs> so today I don't think about it. It's just I do I it. Yeah. Uh practicing sport is the same. I need yeah. to create discipline and to somebody that helps me to to keep the motor going. And one day I say, okay. I don't think about it. I simply just do it. Do it. Yeah. And and we need to find these little things in school, like bring the kids every day to the garden a little bit in the in the work. That's why I think it's so important to bring a, um, such an activity that it's sometimes it's not about the food that you produce, it's about creating new habits. Yeah. And um we have a colleague that she was on the audience as well, that she she did, uh, for example, education, training of people in the in, here in the municipalities around Porto. 
and um, she has studied the, the behavioral change of people uh, after educating, training, gardening, and that brings a huge impact. People change. People start to recycle. People start to take care about how they eat. People start to take care how they buy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But it takes, and we need we need to invest more on that. Yeah, and I think it's the, the public awareness comes also from what what is uh in the in the mainstream, right? Unfortunately, as much as this is an important subject and it's been talked about, you have to go to a specific conference to hear about it more. You have to buy a specific magazine. This is not something the news will talk about daily, which is of course, you know, when we have to, we talk about something daily, most of the time negative, people just embody it, they have an opinion, they repeat and they parrot and they create these new habits so of even thinking in a certain way without realizing but the mainstream doesn't offer the platform to actually even talk about these things and be like hey we should recycle every like if you actually mention on the news the recycling every day and then you remember you mentioned how it impacts the environment and you talk about growing your own food and how it impacts the government but i guess it goes back to the fact who, who pays the bills that really set up the agenda that is going to be in the mainstream so education is extremely important but unfortunately it comes with us pushing more and more to create that awareness really a grassroots level because we can't rely on the mainstream at uh, you know central level at this point in time things may change but it's um unfortunately people are still stuck on having on the value of money isn't it interesting though because um like think about it Food has got so much value. We depend on them, our own food, to live, to thrive, to be healthy. Money is a piece of paper that we have given value to, and people will fight over it, you know, more than anything else. It's yes. just the most interesting factor of my, like, I always observe how people behave. And I'm like, how did we get this far behind? <laughs> That's it's it. Crazy. We are, we are, we are, well, the other day, I, I don't know if you have been in the in the in the Foscoa uh, to see the 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 pictures that the thirty thousand years ago we were doing on stone, yeah. And humans are profoundly creative, and uh, and they have they express this uh, this need even thirty thousand years ago, you know, with stones in stones, yeah, you know drawing horses and uh, cows and it's so beautiful it really it's it really impacts and the connection with the landscape and and if we are so creative and we can create we we were creative enough to to figure out how, how to go to the moon yeah to put satellites um if we want if we really look for to to create another narrative we will do it, yeah. yeah. That is the power of human brain and imagination. I I always joke that uh, if Julio Verne would not have written the book, you know, a trip to the moon, we'd never, you know, something starts always with a dream. Yeah. Somebody needs to imagine and to imagine an airplane so that the airplane will get become real. Yeah. Without that dream we will not find a way. So I think we need to dream exactly about a world that, uh, yes, money, we need economy. Of course, economy is natural as well. There is a mm -hmm. change of services. Mm -hmm. And we humans, we created a, a nice way to, 
with the money to transactions and etc. Yes, yes, all about uh, uh, that. But uh, we can figure out another way. We can figure out another way that we we have uh, uh, more time for our kids, that we have more time to educate, to that we have more time to to be with others, or we can imagine it, keep uh, dreaming about uh, like uh, industrial revolution mentality, that we go to the factory, we need produce, 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 so we can earn money and so we can buy, you can buy, you can buy to earn social status. Yeah. yeah. But I always have this feeling that we are facing challenges from the 21st century with the mentality of the 19th century. Yeah. And we need to jump. Yeah. We need to... Evolve. We need... Well, yeah. We need to... We are not in our time. Mm-hmm. And that is... Uh, yeah. There is a, a generational struggle here. We see now the young people fighting for something else. There is resistance because there is this mentality, this culture that is there, installed. Mm. Yes, but uh, we need to give also the opportunity. And uh, I think the best thing that we could do is to open space for new ideas, new opportunities for young people to come with different ways of organizing and to innovate socially, you know, in terms of design, sustainability, let them do the work because they are, you know, they, they are already dreaming with another future. Yeah. Not with, uh, <laughs> not, it's not the same dream. So give them space to, so they can create yeah. this new world. And I think this, if we give that, these things start happening faster. Yeah. yeah, totally. I agree with you. Thank you for that. I think it's such a beautiful way to put it into context, but also, you know, you're right. Like, uh, first of all, um, imagining it so that we can manifest it, then uh, shifting our paradigm because we have to get up with the times. We Everything is changing. We can't live with an old mentality in a new system, in a new, with new challenges, I would say, that we created even. And then um, I, you know, I really appreciate how, this um hopefully the the new generation understands that as much as we can protest and we can have um you know as vandana was saying friday off <laughs> and uh to do not go to school and protest about it you want to make sure that you take actions every single day and just that we ingrain that in our uh, lifestyle so that we understand how every little step that we take has got a huge impact so that ripple effect becomes positive instead of negative um and that takes me to the other question that I had. I mean, you mentioned at the beginning working in Africa as well. And uh, then in the context of no city, I, we have obviously countries where the challenges of growing food are even bigger, whether because of environmental factors or because of poverty and so economics. But I feel that, um, again, going back to the policymakers, having, you know, keeping certain things, certain things in certain countries and certain areas, even within the U.S., for example, we have, um, you know, food deserts, like in a country that is so abundant, we have food deserts where people actually can't access um, fresh food. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how do we make sure that we actually change that paradigm too? like how do we go to places where 
on, you know, traditionally we don't have access to certain things, but actually we have the technology now. We have the the knowledge, we have um, the manpower, even like people like you that are knowledgeable and they're willing to actually create this project. How do we take the focus to those poorer areas? We can help the the locals get empowered as well, keep teaching them new skills and making them independent from a system that takes advantage of, uh, you know, their suffering in a way. First of all, we need to stop with the colonization, colonialization mentality. Yeah. I've been, I was in Cap Verde, you know, uh, in 2001, uh, in the time of the 11th September. And um, it was my, my, I was working in Germany for a consulting company uh, for projects that are being financed by World Bank uh, or uh, some financial institutions in, in Germany, the European Commission. And what was really shocking to me, and then I could observe in Capver, is that we keep being trying to colonize those countries. We are going there to take. We are not going there to give. We give nothing. We create uh, uh, these financial uh, systems of support for development. But this is a story that uh, only the people that don't know believe. Mm -hmm. Because the money comes back. This is a way of self-economic stimulation. You know, the, the raw materials. Uh, infrastructures, you know, watering, etc., etc. But uh, we are not there really to empower the people. Mm -hmm. You see some very interesting, amazing projects that are, you see, like pilot projects that has unbelievable good results, but then that doesn't get the big money, you know then they always need to start for continuity of the project or scale the project because that is not bringing the enough return, you know? Mm. And that is simply... Um, not fair, yeah? We are still trying to colonize, you know, everyone and everything just for our own good. And... Until we understand that we are all together in the same house, this is just one house, you know, mm -hmm. it's just one, it's just one house. <laughs> yeah, humans. No, <laughs> you know, we are just, well, humans is life, is the project of life. We are not even, not only for, only for us, humans, because, okay, let's be all together as humans. Let's give all the hands. No racism, no colonization, no oppression, no wars. Yes, but uh, we need the other animals. We need yeah, biodiversity. Yeah. So oh, it's not only, it's about the project of life. Yeah. yeah? And we need to quit. And, and, and we need to, I'm a privileged guy that was born in a privileged part of the world. And I need to admit, I don't need to apologize for uh, the Portuguese past as an individual. But I need to recognize that the, we are still trying to colonize in another, with another strategy, you know, just to yeah. change the branding, the same, the, but let's keep the power. Yeah. And, and that 
yeah, if that changes, yeah, we have a, a huge op opportunity and chance that uh, we will all live uh, uh, good and happy all together. And uh, um, there are so much that we can do uh, at good. Yeah. Uh, you know, you brought it home for me. Um, I worked on a project in um, in Madagascar in two thousand and nine, um, where the Sadaf the 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 development bank of South Africa was sponsoring this company that was um established established in Mauritius, and then had projects in Madagascar for eel farming, and the eels would be sold then to Africa to to Asia because it is a big market. Well, first of all, of course, as a vegan, I'm, I wasn't vegan then, but now I'm like, we were exploiting animals, exploiting animals for more money. Um, but also noticing how there was nothing given back to the people in Madagascar. They were promoting it, obviously, as this, um, you know, a project that would create um, infrastructure in very uh, rural areas because um, there was no infrastructure there. People were living in villages very poorly and now they would have access to jobs and money, which honestly peanuts, peanuts. And then, uh, you know, also noticing these things, like I could not work there more than six months. I was like, this is not right. And in fact, um, Actually, what happened is that the CEO of the company ended up stealing a lot of money and running away to the UK with the money from the, the Development Bank of South Africa. And unfortunately, this happens a lot, especially in developing countries, which we don't talk about enough. And again, people, as you say, they're not aware. But then, you know, then you, you also create skepticism when you share these stories, because then there are projects, NGOs, they really work hard, they're wanting to do the right thing, and they don't get funding from even the the public, because they're like, yeah, you're not doing anything with this. So there's obviously, obviously a backlash with this, and, and it's sad. But I think, um, you know, tr trust can needs to be bought. And I, and I think, yeah, we have to step away from this colonial mindset of uh, we take over uh, places where it's cheaper, we can uh, exploit people, we can exploit the land, and then we just don't give anything back and take, take, take until we move on to the next place because we have depleted the same place we just um, took over and there's nothing left for us to take. And so that, definitely that mentality has to go. You know, I do apologize for my ancestors in a, in a very esoteric way. Like, I'm just like, you know, we have to set this right and we have to really take responsibility for what they've done. I can't go back in time and change it, unfortunately, but what I can do is create a shift in the future by being making better decisions in the present, connecting with people like you that are aware of this and actually taking responsibility. I remember when... Um, during the pandemic there was this um you know everybody was putting this black square on their social media about um black lives matter and we have to learn about colonialism it lasted a day like people were like oh we have to read this book this book this book i'm like can you just stop actually reading books i mean great mm -hmm. educate yourself but also learn the truth and also understand that your privilege of what we have has come out of that system so how you go forward is what makes a difference because you living in the same luxury and not doing anything to impact the situation positively doesn't change anything. It's just you having, basically it's a PR moment. So a lot of people did that and that was sad for me and I got really angry about it. Um, as you probably can hear from my tone, I'm very passionate about the subject, but I, you know, I want to bring forth the, the solutions. And I, so I, I think I want to segue into, into this we have obviously highlighted that there are challenges at structural level for everything. But I would love to talk about how can we bring solutions to people that uh, perhaps want to do this project at a grassroots level and, you know, or even they want to say, I want to have a pro I want to create something that can impact my 
my country, uh, especially countries that are small like Portugal, we can really impact much more like easily than, you know, a massive country like the US where you really have to do this a local area, a local um, approach because you can't do it like at, at central level is too, too big. Uh, so how what is what are the solutions? What are the things that we can easily implement every day at uh, a personal level with our community, maybe in our building, maybe in our city? What are your best tips that people can take away? I will, but let me go back with some two things. Yeah. First, uh, in terms of in terms of uh, when I said that uh, I don't feel that I have to apologize. Yeah, it's in my lifetime. You know, for my behavior, or I don't feel I have to apologize. Oh yeah, no. as a as a collective, as a society, yeah. I yes, I think we we have to to apologize, yeah, for our ancestors, yeah. yeah? Mm. That is one. The other thing is, you know, you said okay, in Portugal is a, a small country, we can uh, maybe it's easier to create impact than in the US. And I. I don't completely agree. You know, okay. we we had a, a good example with COVID <laughs> that the whole world decided with one man yeah. or a couple of guys decided to set the new new rules for everybody. Yeah, and you know, it went and they create created a huge impact. In many cases, with no rational rationality whatsoever, you know, yeah. my kid that could uh, uh, that would not be in danger of any kind, you know, like uh, had to his first day of school to see that his parents cannot go inside of the school. He could not feel safe with people wearing masks. Mm -hmm. A child with three years old mm -hmm. and. We were forced mm -hmm. for a virus. Yes, okay, blah, 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 blah. But we are facing the sixth, the possible sixth mass extinction problem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, <laughs> we are talking that, oh, we are a big country. <laughs> it's difficult to create impact. And uh, the governments, they can set the new, they can set the rules. They can... Uh, they can change, you know, um, to even today before you, I was having a, an interview for a guy that is doing a research. Why do organic farmers need to protect their products and to pack them to be mm. in the shelves of supermarkets? Mm. Their product should not be, is not uh, doing any harm to anything. The others should have that Do so, but the rule is that the, the organic products need to be packed in plastic. Does that make sense? No. Why, <laughs> you know, organic farming needs to be certified, needs to have a, a set of rules. And what is conven why conventional farming doesn't have these costs and can keep polluting, keep, and we are paying our health in our environment. So, yeah, we can do, we can change the rules. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's the, at this point, yeah, I really think people need to understand that they are driving the car and they need to, to put the right vote on the right time in the right people and not always the same people with the same mentality. Yeah. And 
how can we change that? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's easily it's easier to to work in to work in smaller scales. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. Can we do that and inspire others? Because I also think that uh, when we are talking about uh, this type of activ activism and projects, we need to be clever. Yeah. You know, to do the right thing, to have good results, to convince yeah. others, and to be clever in the way how we communicate. Yeah. Because we are not uh, winning people to the cause, let's say like that, if you are making them feel that you are fighting against them. Yeah. Because people, they are doing their best. But many times they don't know better. Yes. So we need to be supportive and we need to say, okay, but if I show you a better way, would you be open to learn, to mm. change? But if I go like, oh, you're meat eater or you car driver or you you are uh, taking the plane too much oh banana yeah. she's she's uh, she's taking the plane she's talking but we are not going to do it yeah we are all together and uh, at this moment we are living a, a time that uh, is uh, you or me you know yeah <laughs> yeah you're right and I, uh, I, uh, you know yeah. uh, this polarity that we live in today Mm. in social media everywhere it's 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 crazy you know yeah. and i can own and i don't need to convince you that you are already convinced but i need to establish a good relation with people that different that think in a different way yeah i agree and i need to compromise many times i did okay you are not willing to do this but could we move forward on that yeah 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 and yeah and probably I also have a lot to learn with them. Yeah. I mean, first of all, thank you so much for bringing the COVID example up. I mean, I <laughs> I, I went straight to that example of smaller to, and bigger because um, I am taking out of the equation the fact that the, the central level governments or media does the right thing, right? If they did it, as I mentioned before, yeah, we wouldn't <laughs> even have a problem, right? Um, but of course, I'm 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 aware that this is just not going to happen. Like, yeah, one single man decided that the whole world was shut down, and bloody hell, we did. Um, but I, that single man that actually also creates more problems environmentally doesn't. We never say we have to have organic farming take mm. over and, and, and local gardens and so on, and that's where the money should go. Interestingly, um, but I, I I this is why I wanted to just give people tips on. Um, how they can start themselves. And I also agree with you that, uh, especially as uh, when I became vegan, I, I had a moment of anger against everybody. I'm like, how can we kill animals? Mostly because I went vegan for health. And then I realized what we were doing. And I was like, I, I love animals. And I lived in the dissonance for so many years. Like when people were talking to me about veganism before I became vegan, I was like, these bloody hippies. Like I was just not <laughs> open, right? So I I come from the other side of the spectrum. So I completely agree. And then I had to bring myself back. I'm like, okay, with judgment and resistance and fighting, I am not going to move the needle anywhere. I'm just going to create more resistance on the other side because that was me before. Yeah. So how do I become inspirational rather? So this is why my that's my focus. That's the focus of my social media work or my my coaching work with nutrition. So my obviously my angle is health because of that, but. I, you know, I had to understand and learn it. So I completely agree with you that we have to be inspirational and show people. So 
I'm going to go back to that question that I asked you about how what tips we can give people to actually implement these changes at their own level so that they can inspire others around them. Yeah, focus on what you can do on a daily basis. Don't worry about the, the way how airplanes work, the trains work, the electricity systems, because don't distract yourself. Mm. Con look for what you can control. You know, start with the breakfast. You know, can you have local oranges? Do you have a garden? Can you do something there? When you shop, can you choose between organic or non-organic? Is the organic local or is not local? Yeah. Or is not organic, but is from a neighboring farmer? There is a, a small farmer's market. Small things that you can control is one third of the all environmental problems. So you can act every day there. You can cause a huge impact. You can you can organize, okay, look to your community. What can you do together? In your you live in an apartment, you have a nice rooftop. Can you bring a vegetable garden? Can you can you gather a little bit of money to do this? It's sometimes doesn't cost a lot of money so little things yeah but uh, yeah but start now yeah. <laughs> not yeah. tomorrow yeah. now yeah. Yeah. now yeah thank you so much that's brilliant but even you know i was you were talking and i was, I was remembering something else even the people that have uh, are acting uh, i was involved uh, um, you know the, the model of CSI, Community Supported Agriculture? Yes. The French here we, in Portugal, we also call AMAP. And in France, is a big movement. Yeah. And there is an organization that is called Urgency. Urgency is responsible to promote this concept and uh, disseminate uh, this uh, organization, this model, social, social, social economical model of relation between consumers and producers. And Urgency is a very small organization struggling with financement and uh, people to work uh, with them. The community of uh, CSAs, just in France, it's over 2,000 farmers, much mm -hmm. more, 500,000 uh, people or families, yeah? And if everybody would contribute with 10 euros to urgency, they would have a budget of 5 million only in France. Yeah. yeah. Only in France. And they don't. And uh, I cannot understand that. Yeah. So I think we need to assume that when we are, when we want to create impact, do we also need resources? Yes. That brings, that brings us energy to implement projects in an independent way, not being always dependent on. And so we should have the levels of organization that and commitment to finance, you know, if I'm willing to pay, you know, it's a couple of beers, come on. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and that sometimes is missing. Yeah. Uh, okay, they say, oh, you have an idea to change the world and somebody says, okay, now 
try to change the world you have five euros in your pocket yeah all the best you know? <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> very Come good point on. this is ridiculous yeah. and when you have already many times there is there is the the social support there is already the community and uh, you cannot mobilize that and sometimes i think this is about making a decision in terms of organization that no we are going to ask money for people yeah, yeah. yes yes we are going to ask money yeah why because with money we can do more yes Okay. Oh, I totally agree. And I think you, you brought it home and <laughs> we're we out of time. And I want to make sure that we end with this high note that every single uh, person has the possibility to have a huge impact. And that if we actually start putting the value where the value should be, we can create, we can shift things, we can create miracles. And that is something that we have to remember, um, that we have to stop thinking that just the big corporations or companies or government even should sponsor these things. Because unfortunately, as much as sure, that's our tax money and should be spent in a better way. The truth is that we don't have control over it, but we do have control over the um, option of, hey, you know what, today I'm not going to buy Starbucks coffee. I'm just going to invest into a big um, project that is going to have a big impact because even the fact that if one person puts $1, $5, and we have millions that can be raised, it just shows the power of community coming together. It's a symbolism for what we can do when we come together yes. as people, yes. right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think, yeah. Another thing um, is the, um, I think we have been trying to solve complex problems with simple recipes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and um, we need to embrace complexity. Yeah, yeah. it's complex. So what? Yeah, I, am I going to uh, separate the variables just to make it simple? And I can understand that in terms of uh, our history. You know, I used to normally I use this metaphor. Uh, before, you know, like 100 years ago, the farmer would put the, all his vegetables in a, in, a, in a big car with his horse to go yeah. to the market. But he didn't know if the market would be good or bad, if there would be people coming or not. Today, with technology, we can anticipate and we can read so much information. So you can have... Uh, you know, I can. It's much easier. You know, like I can be a farmer, and the the, the day before I know if uh, tomorrow is going to be too hot and too humid, and I have a probability of disease. I can have my my orders in advance, uh, and I I know what exactly what I need to harvest in in my field. I know yeah. exactly the car, the transport that I need when I need where to go, etc. 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 Yeah. So it's time, I think, that we really um, embrace complexity. I think the price to pay is that we cannot get to conclusions uh, straight away. We have to work with uh, more time. Uh, but nature needs time. If we are thinking to regenerate uh, of nature to increase soil fertility we need to start looking to plants that go 50 years 100 years we need to 
just for to restore a forest uh, uh, here in Portugal we have such a, a huge problem with uh, with the fires yeah and um you know and the cycles are of fire 10 15 years 10 years the forest is just starting and yeah. it again goes down so we need to think about 30 40 50 and and to keep uh, always a permanent uh, research study measuring and adapting this is, re is not so easy yeah, yeah. but it's necessary but, uh, yeah, but if we embrace it, and we will accept that we will we will fail a lot, but we will not uh, um, disregard all, all the variables. You know, just because I need to isolate one, just so I can get very fast to a result. Yeah, but yeah. this is an interdependent system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. with uh, thousands of mechanisms of self-regulation and. Uh, <laughs> and interdependent uh, we cannot do that yeah it's a, a mistake totally agree with you <laughs> okay i would love to ask you as a last question how do you work with individuals and if that's so how can we get in touch with you and i'll put everything in the show notes but just to know what if your involvement includes also working with you know people well we all work with people <laughs> we are people <laughs> i mean uh, personal <laughs> Well, but uh, well, my my uh, my uh, personal activity is uh, in the consultancy where I I support and help the organizations to implement to study implement uh, concrete measures, not consultancy to 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 report and say yeah. <laughs> what is wrong, what you could do better. <laughs> Good. I I'm not I, I I'm not. Uh, I'm not accepting that type of work because uh, to to stay in the drawer, I'm not interested. But uh, yes, to to implement more sustainable food systems and to 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 give steps forward. Yes, uh, that's and basically with companies, with municipalities, but also uh, education. So training and this, I don't do it in an individual level. But the consultancy, yes, it can be, for example, there is a, a chef that recently has come to, because he has a, a piece of land and he has a project, he wants to develop it. And yes, I, I, can, be, I can be helpful to implement that project. So in that sense, yes. Um, but normally, you know, I'm in a room uh, passing knowledge and yeah. supporting in that in that level or in organizations trying to help them to implement uh, measures that can help uh, the, the the food system this can be for example in a company where you can uh, implement a project how to organize collectively the community how they can acquire uh, food from uh, local farmers to get these local farmers to establish these relations between farmers and the people and to create compromise, organize all the ordering system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Brilliant. 
Thank you so much. This was such an interesting conversation. We could probably go on for a long time because it's such a, as you say, complex, but also an expansive subject. Um, but I just think it's uh, great that we scratched the surface, at least with details that people can uh, take on board, think about and research a little bit more and then educate themselves. And as we mentioned men several times on, on the episode, taking actions that have a positive ripple effect and making sure that we understand that we have a responsibility every single day with everything that we do. So I want to thank you for your work. I found you very inspiring before. I find you very inspiring now. And I really look forward to maybe even working together at some point. So thank you so much for being on the show. I'm, I'm sure. And thank you for the invitation. Uh, when you will receive 200, 200 mil from Spotify, you we can have like Joe Rogan uh, conversations three hours with nonstop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I will be looking forward as well so we can uh, meet probably in person with some more time. Yeah. Uh, in Arcus Valves, probably. Okay. Or Porto. I mean, you know, I'm always traveling around in the north, so it's perfect. Well, thank you so much. Such a pleasure. And I'll speak thank to you, you soon. <laughs> thank you a lot. Bye -bye. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye. Pedro, thank you so much for the awesome conversation. We really kept it real. And I hope you enjoyed it, guys, as much as I did. This was so insightful. And if you want to implement different projects, like the ones that Pedro has implemented in different CDs, I will really get in touch with him. All his details are in the show notes. So feel free to uh, learn about how to do grow your own food and how to create little gardens in your urban areas and guys we're gonna just have to become our own little farmers and in the meantime if you like this episode make sure you are sharing it reviewing it and giving us a little bit of help to grow so we can have amazing speakers carrying on the conversations about holistic health all right guys i'll see you next week bye